baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is Thursday afternoon. It is raw. Gosh, it is wickedly cold. But uh, next week around this time, Thursday, Friday, uh, talking about the mid-60s, maybe, maybe tickling 70 degrees. I will take that. But it is Friday. So congratulations, self-high fives all the way around. Yesterday... State Senator Siobhan Donovan joined us, and we had a couple of moments. We were talking about uh, a couple of pieces of uh, legislation up there in the Virginia State Senate. Now, I know we routinely hear uh, the Virginia Democrats squashing anything that Governor Yunkin wants to do, anything that would truly help people. Uh, but the Virginia Democrats come across with gun-grabbing measures on a, on a pretty regular basis. And, and that, to me, is what this is, the Senate Bill 1382. I just think it's terrible legislation how it defines an assault firearm. Uh, there are a couple of other bills that are involved as well in this discussion, and I'm thrilled to say that uh, my state senator voted for, would happily vote for again. State Senator Siobhan Donovan is joining us to, uh, to continue that conversation. Dr. Donovan, thanks for being here. Hello, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me on again. I, um, you know, I am a surgeon and I like to be prepared. <laughs> and I know you do, too. Absolutely. And I am a subject matter expert and have immediate recall of many things in my world of OBGYN. But we're looking at about 1500 bills in the Senate alone. So I wanted when you wanted to speak specifically about this bill and the lines, I wanted to make sure I had it in front of me. And I didn't yesterday. So I think I've I've sent it to you, and I have it now, and I want to go through this and talk with you about how we maybe see this differently. Okay. And the the first, first of all, I would say, you know, despite the fact that we're seeing 1,500 bills, and we we don't see all of them, but many of them, the fact of the matter is the reason it's so busy is that I personally drill down and make sure – that I am looking at everything I am voting on and be diligent about it, especially on a bill where I know there's a lot of passion in my district. And there's mm-hmm. passion on both sides of this in my district. Sure. Um, sure. And so I read, I talk to people on both sides of the aisle, and I go to subject matter experts. I'm a subject matter expert in my arena, but not in this one. And so I've talked to people before taking this vote that are Second Amendment supporters, of course, gun store owners, firearm experts, people whose knowledge vastly exceeds mine on making sure I know about this bill. So, you know, and also, as we said yesterday, I've listened to my constituents for eight years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I listened to constituents, again, passionate on both sides of the equation. Uh, But what what I would say is that, um, you know, what, what I've heard from those constituents is that they're afraid for their families. In many cases, they're afraid in malls, at events, that they feel like they're safe, and and in schools. So there is an enormous amount of support 
to find ways to help limit access for people who should not have guns, who don't use them responsibly, and who we've seen an increase in the last many years of them using them lethally for innocence. So it's true. You made the point yesterday. Criminals disregard the law. 100% true, obviously. And great care has to be taken to ensure that the government doesn't overreach and protect and, 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 and violate our rights that are constitutionally mm-hmm. protected. And so I'm a big defender of that. And I have protected those rights again and again. And in fact, even this year, despite a lot of support for red flag laws, I voted against red flag again. Because it does not have due process, which is another important constitutional right. So, but I do believe that this bill has a a valuable aspect that can tighten legal access that can protect. And that perfect example is the 18-year-old in Texas who turned 18 and he went out and bought two AR-15s and subsequently was the cause of the deadliest shooting in Texas history. Now, so, let's be clear. When you're, yeah. when you're a minor, your juvenile records, anything that would be reportable to the national database that prohibits purchases of firearms, they're not getting that information. And that is one of the checks and balances we have in place to make sure the people who should not have a gun do not have a gun. And a lot of these shootings follow the same pattern. They're often younger people. They often have a well-identified mental health issue. And, um, and you know, we need, to, we need to have the opportunity to make sure that that is cited and reported so that the appropriate checks and balances we have in place for people who shouldn't be having guns can actually function. And so, You know, that is what is most important to me about this bill. And now I'll go through it. The bill is flawed. Every piece of legislation is flawed. And the idea is to try and make it as good as you can. But I will also say legislation is a conversation. A bill, until it's signed into law, is subject to a lot of editing and manipulation. And I believe this bill will be, too. So, right, so I, I wanted to go through the bill now, but you might have a question because I kept talking. That, 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 that's okay. That's okay. I appreciate. Okay. Uh, I, right. I appreciate the insight, and we are we are all united in the belief that we want to keep uh, our children safe. We all agree that those who are uh, a danger sh- to society should not have uh, the means to injure right. good and decent people. One of the big problems in this 1382, and that's where I was asking us to focus initially, uh, comes Mm -hmm. on line 297, where the definition of an assault firearm is listed. And uh, I'm going to let people read that. I I read it earlier. It's long. It is long, but I've got to tell you, it essentially turns every firearm into an assault firearm. And while there are so many people who have focused on the idea that some of these people have utilized an AR-15, and oh my gosh, that's what we have to get rid of, it is the same delivery method, if you will, for that projectile as every other 
firearm that's out here. It's 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 almost as if we say, you know, uh, I saw this terrible accident and it involved a yellow car. Therefore, we've got to criminalize yellow cars. We've got to take yellow cars away from people. And, and I know what you're saying about it being a, a conversation and uh, there'll be massaging and the rest of it. But uh, that definition just on its face, Senator, uh, is egregious. And I, I don't know how anybody could walk that into a definition that makes more sense. Um, and I agree with you. And that's the challenge we have, right? And I, I'm going to tell you, I have lots of um, law-abiding citizens that are um, gun owners that are very careful with their guns, and they have concerns about finding a way to get constraints. I'm going to tell you that definition as cumbersome and awkward and as many ways as we could interpret it or assert what it does and doesn't say, that definition came straight out of the 1994 national ban on assault weapons. And the sky didn't fall. I know that sunsetted. I know that that ban sunsetted, but that was specifically chosen as awkward as it is. So again, Jeff, you are way more of a subject matter expert in this arena than I am, but it wasn't just awkwardly made up. It was actually harvested from the, the definition that was used in the 1994 ban. And so, yes, maybe we need to have a conversation about that. Um, but, uh, you know, that is more expertise than I have to define this. Um, so it, it, I, it also it also has a lot to do with the appearance of the weapon. And that was one of the terrible things in the 1994 uh, legislation. It, it, it talked about uh, flashing. It, it talked about the appearance of weapons. None of those things make a firearm uh, more deadly. Uh, it has nothing to do with the efficiency of delivering uh, that that bullet uh, downrange, which is where it's supposed to be, if that's what you're using it for. Uh, and, and if you go back to the original definition, and the definition, frankly, that's held by most when it comes to, quote, an assault weapon, it had to do with whether it is automatic, semi-automatic, or has the capability of switching from semi to fully automatic. And, and mm-hmm. I know we're getting into the weeds and it's sort of the minutiae here, but none of these weapons that are listed here, there's not a single solitary one here that operates in any way differently than a a, a handgun that somebody may keep in their home right now uh, for personal protection or to use at the range. It's all exactly the same way of firing that projectile and so again i i i'm with you i as you know i'm the father of three i love my kids i want everybody's child uh, to be as safe as is humanly possible uh i don't think we disagree on that at all uh we both value human life to not the extreme, but to the to the farthest length possible. Fully, I just, we fully value human life. Exactly. Yes, yes but um, I, well, I Jeff, am listen. terrified, Siobhan, that this says to law-abiding gun owners, we're coming for you. Well, I don't think it says that, and I wouldn't have voted for it if I think it did. If I thought it did, but I tell you this, Jeff. Um, let's have it. You know, the conundrum is that you're right. It is very hard to define the difference between um, every gun that exists today that's modern made that is semi-automatic 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, bump stocks have been banned. That's good. You can still make them and, and get them. Yep. Um, like anything else, there's a way around the law. But, you know, I am open to having a conversation about any definition that would work. But somehow I am 100% in favor of making sure that we have an opportunity to connect the dots on somebody who shouldn't have a gun mm-hmm. and will be able to be reported to that national database. And they will be restricted from having a weapon that can be used and has been used repeatedly in so many of these horrible situations. And so I, I agree with you. I listen, I, I think we're actually on the same page and I think we're just approaching it a different way. My way was I do protect the second amendment. I protect every amendment. I believe in limited government, but I also want to protect from unnecessary death of innocence. And my, my way to approach this and to deal with those two um, difficult variables was to vote for the bill. Your strategy would have been to not vote for the bill. I saw the potential of the bill to provide a value that would reduce risk. Others see the threat of the bill because of the definition. I, I think we're on the same page with that, but I'm glad you've given me the opportunity to explain myself because I'm pretty passionate about all these things too. And I am not a subject matter expert on these issues, but I do have to take the votes, and, you know, that's what I do. I work really hard to figure it out and to rely on subject matter experts, and then I boldly take these votes that I believe represent my district and represent the intent that I have in in taking them. And I'm happy to talk about the other bills, but I know you did me a favor letting me come back on today, and I I don't want to take too much of your time. No, listen, and I I want you to understand, and quite frankly, I have fielded a lot of texts and emails from people saying, that's it, I'm never voting for Siobhan Dunham, but she's turned her back on us, and and, and I've said, um, I'm still very happy to have you as my state senator, although I passionately disagree with you on this one. Uh, Is your... Is it ultimately your concern that someone under the age of 21 would have these weapons? Because what I am getting from a number of people who, quite frankly, and I appreciate you uh, saying that I'm a, a subject matter expert, far from it. I know one or two things about one or two things, but hearing from other people who are attorneys, other people who have spent uh, a lifetime in the criminal justice uh, system as administrators and the rest of it, what they are telling me is, number one, this essentially criminalizes everybody who's going to be a firearm owner or would like to be. And more importantly, if it is just the age, what do we say to the to the 18-year-old young lady who has an abusive ex-boyfriend and, and goes to Colonial Shooting Academy, takes a class, uh, purchases a firearm for personal defense? This bill would say to her, sorry, you are on your own. You can't have that. Well, I don't, I don't think that's true because this there are plenty of firearms that she could purchase that are outside of this definition. Um, and, and, you know, and, and so I, I don't think that that's accurate. I think this is, despite the fact that it's almost impossible to define, uh, you know, that this, this does not prohibit the purchase of a handgun, um, you know, and so, so I, I would have to differ with you on that. But again, I know I don't know all the definitions of of everything in this arena, and I know that that's important. So I would say, you know, I, I support her ability to protect herself, but I my issue is yes, there is um, there is a psychopathology 
that is involved with shootings. And um, I don't think we've defined it well enough, but I feel very confident saying that that's the case. And people um, are identifiable who are risk factors for that. We're not doing a good job of identifying them either. But they they have um, much more of an interest in something other than a handgun for their own self-defense. They're looking for something that they've glamorized, and they're using guns like the the the, the boy I'll call him in Texas, the man um, who will be you know who who is accountable for what he did. Um, but you know I that I think we there's there's a place where we can fully protect safe gun owners. And also make it possible for us to find a way to limit sales. In other words, it's not an absolute. You don't have to have unlimited sales on everything um, without, you know, in, in order to make sure that law-abiding gun owners have the capacity to have that right and pursue it and have their guns. And, you know, I, I just don't think it's an absolute either way. So let me ask you, is this something, uh, again, if you're looking at this as a jumping off point, and I think that's what I'm getting from you, that uh, you're, you're certainly not in favor of uh, taking anybody's guns away. You you are a, a passionate nope. defender of the uh, Second Amendment. If memory serves, I think there was an event, uh, a Cavalier shooting at some point. Absolutely. Uh, right? Okay, So and, and you come from a family, uh, and I don't know if you mind me sharing it, but military, nope. law enforcement. You know, good folks. I and you know. I hope mm-hmm. you know that. I, that that's how I feel. W- would the conversation be better addressed by saying we're going to talk about mental health and focus on an, on an age range between eighteen and twenty one, as opposed to sort of copy and pasting uh, a piece of nineteen ninety four legislation that was was roundly assailed as being uh, an attack on gun owners. I mean, even the people that were in favor of that 1994 uh, legislation were very clear. Their ultimate goal was to make sure that people could not have firearms. That was the ultimate goal. This was sort of the uh, uh, the camel's nose under the tent. A- and so it, this the very <clears throat> use of the language immediately sends many of us in, in, into a state that says, I got to be against this. This this is just absolutely terrible, terrible, terrible. But the camel didn't get in the tent, did it? The 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 ban expired. It didn't end up a slippery slope of taking away guns. But it also and didn't stop anything. It, it, it was it wound I, up being nothing more than a, a feel good measure for some. And again, uh, th- to me and to many others, this represents another opportunity for folks who do not want private citizens to have firearms to lose them. Well, that's not me, and that's not what I'm doing. I am trying to find a place that is actually evidence of of you know protection, that there's a place that I can defend. And I think I have today. I think I've made it really clear. If, if this law had been in place when that young man went to go purchase those guns, maybe he would have shot with a different gun. Maybe he would have gotten something else. But um, it wouldn't have transpired the way that it did. And why so, not? Well, no, I, you know, well, can I ask you why not, though? Why? why if he had gone in and, said, and they said to him, OK, you can't buy these sorts of weapons. 
Uh, but you can buy that weapon over there, which functions in exactly the same way, uh, has the same magazine capacity. Uh, I, I, why would it be any well, different? I, I think that um, now we're getting into the hypothetical, and we can both hypothesize any scenario we want. Right. And so, you know, I, I can't address that. I think the, 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 um, the opinion of the ban in 1994 and whether or not it made a different scene on my cursory research of that mm-hmm. seems to be much debated. There are people who say there's been an incredible spike since that was um, since that has expired. I don't know if that's true or not. Again, outside my realm. Right. What I'm here to do is to tell you what I was thinking, mm-hmm. how diligently I worked on it in the midst of 1,500 other bills when it yep. wasn't even in my committee, yep. and to make sure that you understand my intent is to actually find a place where I am not violating the rights of gun owners, mm-hmm. okay. but I am doing something instrumental in protecting children from people who should not have guns. And everybody else. All right. Well, fair enough. Listen, uh, I don't want this to uh, be presented to anybody as somehow uh, you and I are becoming enemies because oh that's my not gosh, the case. No. no, 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 not at all. We, uh, this is what friends do. You have a lively debate of different opinions. Opinions. This is what we're not doing in society now. Yeah. We are. We can disagree agreeably, and that's then. No, I. I hope nobody thinks that because um, that would be the farthest from the truth. Absolutely. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you making time yesterday as well as today. Uh, I you. look forward to having you back on this program. I look forward to seeing you at events, and uh, I hope you mm-hmm. and yours have a, have a fantastic weekend and a blessed Friday. Amen. Thank you so much, Jeff, and I always appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That is uh, State Senator Siobhan Donovan, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.